Welcome to The Old World Lives, a Warhammer Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. And uh, welcome to this second episode of uh, The Old World Lives, a podcast all about the old world. And I'm Christopher, and with me tonight I have, well, Christopher, say hi. That's me, otherwise known as Krell now, apparently, to distinguish between us. Playing Undead, because it needs to be done. And we also have with us Niklas. Say hi. Hello, everyone. Coming straight from England with all the hate for Age of Sigmar. Woohoo. And uh, joining us for the first time is uh, a lovely, lovely gentleman who, despite his looks, is one of the youngest of us. This is Jens. Say hello, Jens. And hello, everybody. I am painting my Empire troops right now for Sigmar. Not Age of Sigmar, but for Sigmar. The, the real Sigmar. Yeah. OG Sigmar. OG Sigmar, who just wasn't there. So you might recognize Jens's voice from uh, his Heresy podcast, the Northern Heresy. Yes. If yeah. you're into that. <laughs> and if and, you're not uh, into that, good. Welcome to Warhammer Fantasy. <laughs> We, we never have, left. We should also mention that Nicholas is from the Don't Lose Your Head podcast, and I am from the Varandian Heresy podcast. So it's only the other Christopher, or Krell, whatever he wants to be called now. We don't discriminate. <laughs> he's not. He's the only one with, with, without another podcast. Fresh blood. Well, if you think about it like this, I mean, yes, Heresy is dead, but Fancy has been dead so long that it's now resurrected and returned onto our lives to bring us joy and mirth. So, you know, Fancy did it first. Yeah, it's like the whole heresy is that thing. That kind of actually made me think about more of Fancy because like nothing is dead for as long as fucking people play it. Yeah, that which uh, cannot die forever sleeps only to return once more. Yeah, on square basis. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and square bases are not heresy, obviously. No. Okay, so we're going to have the introduction here, then we're going to have the main segment, which is talking to Jens about all things about the Empire. From when he started, up to what's the good, what's the less good, and like what the changes he had throughout the different editions. Uh, what huge kits he loves from 8th edition, and what huge kits he can live without. And then we're going to have the outro. We're going to discuss the next upcoming episode, and like where we're going with this. So let's go through, what were the new releases for Warhammer Fantasy this week? <laughs> um... Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see it. You could probably get a really cool Ghost General from the Age of Sigmar box, <laughs> possibly. Um, yeah, I'm going to do a hard pass on that one, Captain. I just, no. I mean, Skaven Wraiths, I don't know who asks for that, but you need to get slapped over the face. If you want a Skaven Skeleton, you go buy 20 sets of the Cursed Company. That's all you need. 20 sets of that. Pretty much. And then you got yourself one unit. Yeah. <laughs> that you can never play with undead. <laughs> because of reasons. No, they could technically be played as regular skeleton warriors. They have orc skeletons in there. And high so, up skeletons. Just imagine yeah. how, how many diverse units you can make out of 20 of those boxes then. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I keep telling you. Undead is the one true equalizer. We don't discriminate about race or size or ability. If you don't have an arm, we'll just like strap a spear around your midriff and make you go forward. 
anyone can join. Speaking of which, has people done hobby? Yeah. I don't know, hobby. Good. Well, I think we. But let's start with Chris because I saw your you post some stuff on Instagram. Oh, he did. Yeah. I might have been starting my new, new little general for one of my forces at least, which is uh, Gary Grim Iron Fist, and I am currently working on him. And nice. it's, uh, he's a special character for the Slayer Cult list in uh, the Storm of Chaos campaign. I'm so fucking glad you started painting Slayers. Like since since ever we started this thing. Like you're like, yeah, I have a bunch of slayers, and I've always wanted to see you paint slayers. Is that the guy with this with his dick out, <laughs> with his butt out? He's got yes, he's got yeah, a fucking he's got fabulous back. ass. It's like <laughs> unbelievably good looking. It is a really, really well sculpted ass, actually. Yeah, that's a guy who's nice. done a lot of like kettle squats, <laughs> having like a barrel of beer on each each shoulder. Like, I can only really imagine that like the, the sculptor is sitting and sculpting that, but he's got to spend like days or weeks. Yeah, just sculpting that ass. I need to get my hands on the uh, on the what's it called the uh, Forge World Griffin riding guy. Oh yeah, yeah. That Griffin has magnificent balls sculpted on <laughs> full frontal nudity. Just imagine if like that dwarf ass was what got him recruited into Games Workshop. Like it wasn't even a design <laughs> project. It was just like his passion project to David Dart. And yeah, I've seen all the like, stuff you you yeah. uh, sculpted here, but uh, what's that you got over there? That's a, that's a lovely dwarf ass. We <laughs> may, just have a look at that in the back office uh, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm or not maybe, sure if maybe the he... crowd is ready for the female coming back, but let's talk more about it, this dwarf ass you sculpted. <laughs> maybe it that's the next was, uh... Age of Sigmar release. Age of Sigmar <laughs> dwarf ass. Oh yeah. Just, oh wow! Uh... I just googled a picture of this Griffin and those balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember getting that when I was like 15 or 16 or something. Like, Whoa, this is not what I expected from GW and Fortress, but good on you. <laughs> Someone did the research. They must have Googled like Griffin balls for hours to get that right. I've also started actually basing my miniatures, which are good. And big improvement over last time. Yeah, nice. they look dope. I mean, that mask you're using and like the ice technique, it's, just, it's an education. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah, probably should post that photo uh, on uh, the podcast Instagram when this is going live. Yeah, and also just remember we have an Instagram <laughs> hashtag the old world lives. We have a Facebook page and we're going to have other stuff too of which I know nothing because per- Chris per- is the savvy one. Yeah, I should also mention this now because I haven't mentioned it to my dear colleagues that we have a recorded intro that would be before every episode so we'll have this already. So I've <laughs> also been doing some hobby now. Uh, I've been uh, painting my health cannon. It's uh, almost done now. Uh, just before we started this episode I've been painting like all day and I got the basing material on and I'm just going to wait for it to dry, paint some on it and uh, get the grass on it. And then fucking I, I bought the new uh, lacquer from Games Workshop. Uh, it used to be called Purity Seal, now it's like Monitorium something something. So I just gotta like shake it for half an hour and then have good weather and then spray it like one meter away and hope that it doesn't fucking frost. So nice. You, so you're not gonna do like uh, the British style and just put car lacquer on it so it can never be touched? <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, about your, like, the hell cannon you're doing, I think it's just amazing the way that you asked in the thread we had, how do I make a good base so I can put the crew on and off? Because 
it's a pet peeve of mine where people sculpt the crew on the cannon. So I forget how much crew they have left. But yeah. you've done you've done a great job there. What did you use? Like cork, was it? Yeah, cork. I like using cork to make stones, and I didn't really think of uh, just cutting out the shapes for it. But it worked really well, actually. Yeah, that was a used... great. Yeah, sorry. And yeah, and then I just like took the cork off and kind of made it go into the base. Yeah, that was a great idea by Chris. And I like how Chris said, who doesn't have blue foam at home? And the rest of us just dragged our feet. <laughs> <and went. laughs> so, Jens, what have you been working on? I am currently working on, let's see, how many? Six swordsmen for my Empire Army. I've done ten before and a handful of handgunners. So, with these guys done, I'm going to paint the command group next. And that's the first complete unit done. All right. Cool. And I've glued some pistoliers, but... I'm not painting those for a while. <laughs> Come on, they're great. I fucking love yeah. pistoliers. I've forgotten how to paint horses, so I'm I'm gonna have to do, like freshen up on some YouTube tutorials before I get into that because it, I haven't painted a horse in what five years. <laughs> if you, if you find a good, if you find a good tutorial, send it over to me as well. Cause I get, <laughs> yeah, you loads. Yeah, you've got some horses to paint. Yeah, that's what I call an ASD awkward spouse discussion like you're <laughs> up four o'clock in the morning you have like a free screen setup just horses running from every angle doing stuff and yeah like, that wouldn't be the strangest thing yes go to bed <laughs> soon yeah it's an appaloosa <laughs> look at the pony it's magnificent I want be the we, pony. I, we were actually talking before we started the episode about this old like Age of Sigmar joke rules they had. Like if you raised a goblet and said for the lady, you could re-roll stuff with your Bretonians. If you show up to a game in Stockholm wearing like one of these rubbery horse masks, I would let you re-roll every be, failed cleverly charge. Well, you, <laughs> you won't be the weirdest person there. No, no, no. Anyway. I mean, when I play Undead, I obviously wear a cloak and a robe. And like I have, uh, I have a luchador mask on with a skull on it, and I refuse to be called Christopher. You go only by Quell. <laughs> or El, oh, yeah. El Cristoforo. El, El Cristoforo del Muerto. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I guess it's me, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of weird, because I finished up all my troops. I took the Christopher approach, which is the adult, reasonable, intelligent thing. I finished up all my troops. Uh, I think I put up some pictures about that, but I can do it again. So I have like... 45 skeletons, I 10 think, ghouls. I think you posted them on your personal, but not the podcast account. Yeah, I need, so. I'll redo that. No problem. I just need good pictures as well. So I need to, like, I've done all my wolves, and I love the wolves. But now I don't really know how to go forward. I've done two HQ units, but now I need to get started with my grave guard, which I'm really looking forward to doing. But I don't really know which end to start at. But today... Is it the old metal grave guard, or is it... Uh... Yes. Nice. Yes, it is. Those Shout were, out. by the way, my very first uh, Wormer models. Mm, nice. Three Do you still have them? Uh, I have one of them. Oh. I have my first Wormer model, uh, a plastic Woodwolf Archer. I found it uh, <laughs> in my cousin's uh, house a few, uh, like two years ago. I was like, oh, did I give you this? This is like OG stuff. So I took him back home and he looks like shit, but I love him. You keep him on your painting desk as a lesson in humility. Yeah, he's he's not even got like I haven't even painted the whole model. Some areas are still gray plastic. So <laughs> yeah, the, the graveyard we have is uh, like there's a lot of metal showing around that one. Oh yeah, 
I mean, and then he's painted with he's painted with like yeah, my dad's uh, airplane model colors. Yeah, like so is mine. <laughs> but is he the correct undead color for that era of history? Like it's bright red, gray cloak, <laughs> and yellow trimmings. Yeah, yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, shout out to Joachim Moritz, who I also met through uh, uh, 30k because he sold me all his old fantasy, and among them was like 20 grave guards of fifth edition. Which comes nice. in three poses. One is leaning forward, screaming. One is leaning back, screaming, and one is generally <laughs> waving sword in there. And I got twenty plus a command section for that. So, nice. so I'm really looking forward to doing it. I also broke down and bought like the eighth edition White King because Jimmu, uh, who can't be with us today because he's traveling, uh, he showed me how dope that model is. Yeah. So I bought another one. I like. I've got the uh, the vampire from the Black Coach. The, the one in the coffin. I'm going to use Ooh. that for my Warhammer War, but I'm just going to put him on a square base and just have him in the coffin just running around. Yeah, he's really cool because I remember that guy. I was willing yeah. to get the black coach just for him and like the coach driver who is a white yeah. just screaming and I holding have the, a, the coach rain. driver somewhere. If you, if you want him, I'll send him to you. Mm. Please do. I will I send will. you, I can send you a bag of human models. Yay, humans! <laughs> Uh, don't question the contents too much. <laughs> Contains humans. <laughs> May actually contain. Uh, I also like, I bought a bunch of more vampire models and I'm fighting with Postnode about getting all of my eBay models because they won't tell me, but obviously they got my package and they forgot it. Mm. <laughs> so the girl on the phone told me like, it's me Sommar. You have to give us more time. I'm like, but you've had it for a month. I just want to know, is there a problem? Is there something I can do? Just pay your fee. But you haven't asked me to pay. I literally can't do it. Call me next week again. Okay, whatever, lady. <laughs> I just so, want my stuff. Yeah. Sweet old Swedish Postal Service. Yeah, you really missed that, <laughs> don't you, Nicholas? We <laughs> well, love it. In London, like, whatever you order is here, like, the next day. It's crazy. Shit, I want that. Like, I want 3,000 points of Kislev, and it's just... They're the next Bam. day. <laughs> How do you nice. want them? In an egg well, carton. That, you, you should mention that, uh, Nicholas, that your side project. Yeah, so I'm doing a Kiss of Army for 6th edition. That is such an expensive army. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not, not immensely expensive. I found like a good deal. I mean, usually you have to find like fucking single models or in Yeah. Yeah, for the, for the stuff you bought, you got a really good deal on that. Yeah, because this uh, friend that I knew, I, I knew that he had, like, his I heard that he had, like, his mom. And then I asked him, like, so do you have, like, do you happen to have anything for sale? And he's like, yeah, actually, like, or do you have any pictures I can get some inspiration? He's like, no, everything is unassembled, actually. And it's in plastic. And I have an entire army that I'm willing to sell. Like, holy shit. Like, you don't really find this shit. Crazy, crazy coincidence that I just happened to know a guy that had, that thing for sale. Yeah. So yeah, Kislev is fucking awesome. It's gonna be a fun project. But yeah, I need to learn how to paint fucking horses. Yeah, I'll I'll see what I can find uh, tutorial wise. And uh, but we probably have to paint our horses differently because you're gonna get some fucking crazy Russian horses. Tuck ponies. Yeah, but <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I can I I I, I can probably source up. My sisters have my sister have like the biggest collection of uh, Minhas known to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> So we could probably find something in there. Uh, like, I, I, say that I also read a book, The Riders of the Dead by Dad Abbott. Oh yeah, that's a fucking good book. It's that's a good book. Good. I just love uh, how they describe the, the horses in there. Just like the Empire guys had the, 
really big brown steeds. They're like really splendid and like they cut their tails and they wound their manes and stuff. And then they come to kiss them and they're running around what they describe as step ponies. And they're like these small, but ferocious horses. They're like, they can just ride on forever and they eat like dead grass or whatever. And then Emperor yeah. just like won't eat that grass and get tired after like galloping across the plains. The ponies just go on. It's like a Russian tractor or something. It just keeps <laughs> on going. Just you... piss in the tank. It, it'll keep on going. Right. When you said step ponies, I think you said step ponies. <laughs> like step. Stit. Man. I can really recommend that book, though. It's really freaking good. If anyone has enjoyed it. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a great book. I got it. Uh, actually, in when Games Workshop Stockholm celebrate like 10 years or 20 years or something, I don't know. But... Uh, they had a, a lottery, and I won that book in like a big bag of bits. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, I freaking love that entire era because it was during sixth edition, like the little Storm of Chaos thing. I freaking love Storm of Chaos. Yeah, I remember I had that book as well. I, I wasn't playing in sixth edition actually. I was collecting, and I like bought the books, but mostly looking at the pictures. But yeah, I fondly remember Storm of Chaos. How old were you then? Because you were pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> I must have been like 12 or something. Oh, you were one of those kids. Did you did you try to pay them in Tia Oringer? <laughs> yeah, Do you even remember those? They didn't exist in my time. <laughs> they didn't really exist in our time either. Uh, yeah, they did. They were coming until I was like five. I bought candy with that shit. <laughs> That's yeah. all yeah. it was good for. I can also mention that The Riders of the Dead is actually still available from Black Library. On their side, Ooh, yeah. as a new go book, get it. Still, uh... Yeah, Dan is fucking king. He's so good yeah. at just like uh, describing a world, and it's not like just fucking bolter porn. It's like you get to know what drives the characters. Anyway, right. and that's Nicholas... the thing. Yeah, sorry, Chris. Just gonna say that Nicholas, you could really just look at the cover of that book and. Uh, Realize that the horses should be red and white. <laughs> only, uh, only I'm gonna pay my Griffin Legion like that. We look the special, really awesome. Special unit. Yeah. I really want to send like a barbershop quartet to Nicholas singing the song "My Lovely Horse" from Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna link that to our Facebook page. No, I mean Dan Abnett's great because not only does he do good world building, he can imbue the characters with decent motivations and understandable reasoning, but still make it feel reasonably localized. Like I can understand how these people use reasoning, but obviously the way they view their culture is completely different from mine, and that really excites you. Yeah. Actually, I just realized something. There came something came out of Warhammer Fest, which we can actually talk about, I guess, loosely. Mm. Uh, they mentioned that there will be no video games made in the Age of Sigmar property for the foreseeable future. It's all going to be in Old World. Nice. Mm. I've, I've logged, like, well, I keep the game running, so it's not totally true, but <laughs> around 900 hours of Total Warhammer. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I bought Total War Warhammer 2 during the Steam sale. So, I mean, they're really good games. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it keeps you up at night, and... Uh, it's good. It's good when you have a baby. The baby can just sleep on you, and you play Total Warhammer Two. Yeah, I need to get the second one. I only had the first one. The, the last campaign yeah, I played was same. fucking. I I downloaded like a a mod, so that I could play another dwarf faction. So I played Barakvar, 
Nice. And, yeah, like I was building a strength, and then the main dwarves were building a strength, and then it was like this massive dwarf civil war. And then dwarf on dwarf action. Yeah, and then when I was oh, finally done, like the rest of the world was just fucking wasteland. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should have helped. That's happening to me because. <laughs> Like, I'm playing the Vampire Counts, obviously, and I've wiped out everything within up to, like, the Empire and, like, the Wood Elves. And then suddenly the Warriors of Chaos come running through and Archon comes on, and I'm like, I'm going to bitch slap you. So I defeat all Chaos, and apparently now everybody loves me because I'm a hero that stopped the Chaos Horde. <laughs> You're a hero. And that it was only... almost what happened when I played Vampires as well, when I was allied with Bretonia and all of the Empire factions. Yeah, I'm allied with Wood Elves and Bretonian and I make them play nice. The only people who don't <laughs> like me. The only people who don't like me is the dwarfs because like the main faction of dwarfs has defeated all other dwarfs. So it's like the super dwarf. That that's interesting now, because if if you play the Mordheim game or you've played Total War Warhammer or Vermintide, they're really fun. They're cheap now. You can get them, immerse yourself in the old world, which is as far as I'm concerned, the only world we need. There's also Another decent book available at Black Library still as an ebook, which is Hammers of Ulrich. Oh, I need to get uh, a look into that. I haven't read it. We should do like a segment in a future episode about our favorite books as well. Square Baseball Club. <laughs> it's Hippie yeah. Square. Yeah. And then we can go way, way back because there's some really good books. Oh, yeah. Actually, I don't know if it's pertinent to this. If not, you can cut it out, Chris, because I think you're the one who told me about Genevieve de Argon, like the mm -hmm. character. Yeah. Because I checked it out, and apparently Genevieve is a character for Warhammer fans. She's like a vampire, like a decent vampire, for the guys who don't know. Yeah. And she was created by a character who made, who's named Kim Newman, and I've read a bunch of different books by Kim Newman, who's it's about like all... Yeah. And she's in there too. It's like alternative history, but track that took over Victorian England. Yeah, and I think there's a third series as well going. Yeah, probably. Because if you like Victorian horror, I can really recommend like the Kim Yu one. Aren't they doing like an Age of Sigmar horror? They're doing a thing? Warhammer horror. Yeah, and Age of Sigmar like releasing that stuff. Age of Sigmar is horror. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. Everything's on round basis. What's going on? <laughs> it's chaos. What's going on? I don't even know. Nothing ranks up properly either. That's horrible. <laughs> How am I going to get this into movement trace? It just keeps falling over. I actually saw a mini wargaming <laughs> match recently where the guy just brought in his 40k chaos army and he had like he had formation, but there was a lot of like empty rounded slots in them so he could put in his guys. But his Lord of Change and like his blood first was on a round base. So they're always like, well, actually, if this was on a proper square base like this one I'm holding in my hand, he'd not be able to charge me right now. So he can't charge me right now. And the guy who was playing with Skaven was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Jesus, Matt. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, you should probably know, if you look into the old world, what is it? Old world battles or something? Mini Wargaming has like 120 yes. videos. It's all 8th edition, but still, it's good. And they have some 6th edition as well. Older. Oh, you just ignore wars. their semi-ignorant cheating. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who cares? I love nope. those videos. They're really good. I really like uh, Battle Reports in Fantasy as well, because uh, it's very... Like, you can really see a difference in like where everything is. 
depending on the round. Yeah. And like it's really easy to follow it because in both 30k and 40k, like units can move everywhere. It's like yeah. running all over the place. So you, like, yeah, but what happened? Oh, yeah, this guy shot and then they shot some more and then they shot and shot the shot and now stuff is dead. But in fantasy, it's more more crucial where you play your stuff and you can really see clearly where everything's going. It's, yeah. a, it's a game for gentlemen. And it is. Yeah. Except for the shard ranges, it's like really set. You can move this here, you can do this there. The only thing with the shard ranges, you need to remember that you get your movement plus the dices. Yeah. And, mag and the magic might be a disconcerting unless you've never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. So I guess uh, we're all presented. Does anyone have anything else for the intro segment? I was thinking that we could uh, do like we did in the first episode and give Jens a few minutes to properly introduce himself now that he's been talking for a while i mean oh shit yeah who are you jens what are you doing here i don't i don't know i've been why uh, are you jens i i am uh an, an old school warhammer player i've been playing since uh i don't even know what edition is i got a ravening hordes book at home like the little pamphlet you got in the white dwarf i think that was for sixth edition was it sixth edition uh, yeah there was where one before that i think that was like third edition or so but yeah, I think it was, it was third edition, edition then because uh, I don't, I didn't have shit back then. I just want to play wolves, and all I got was uh, a plastic kit with like eight or ten uh, monopose plastic archers and uh, a box of scouts, like a blister pack of scouts, some glade guard, and uh, a mage on a warhawk. That was all that was out, I think. Yeah, that's that's fifth to sixth edition. Yeah. That yeah. was that wasn't good stuff. I lost like all my games. They but... did have some really lovely spearmen, I think. Oh I yeah, remember. I sat on one of those one time. Yeah. That was some good shit. And the and the fucking metal tree man, that was like half a kilo of of just lead that you can pound someone with. You should feel this fucking hell cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I felt that hell cannon. <laughs> I've been I've been fingering that hell cannon before you even got it, son. <laughs> Are you married to the hell cannon? <laughs> You should be. <laughs> no, but I've been playing for uh, what, fifteen years, on and off fantasy. Stopped playing fantasy like five years ago when it started dying out with eighth edition. Just wasn't my jam. And uh, then uh, you guys can convince me to uh, start painting stuff again. You made it sound so fun. It was not hard. No, it was not hard. It was literally. Hmm, I might want to do a small empire army, and now I spent like what two thousand kroner, three thousand kroner on empire stuff. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and empire stuff is cheap. I, I just keep buying stuff. Well, I mean, we established a currency in the last episode, so we came to the conclusion that two hundred fifty Swedish kroner is one high elf battalion. So you've only <laughs> you've, you've only spent like uh, what is it, eight point nine high high elf battalions, and that's our yeah. new official currency. That's nothing. Yeah, I have seemed to be uh, like the trash of Warm Fantasy. It's just out Which there for is, cheap. Yeah, and keep it like that because I might <laughs> have to reinvest a small force into High Elves. Yeah, maybe High Elves will be like the uh, the Bitcoin of the... <laughs> Someone starts to buy the them and all of a sudden they triple in value. Yeah. If Dennis Rodman 
can turn <laughs> the North Korean summit into his new weed-based microcurrency, then I'm pretty sure we can do as well with high elves. Or we just get Dennis Rodman to buy a bunch of high battalions and... Uh... Dude, he's a crazed-out former <laughs> elite league actor and basketball player who does drugs and hangs out with Kim Jong-un. Yeah, of seems like he would he, like high elves. Yeah, of course he plays high elves. Yeah, that goes without saying. But I got like uh, I've got most uh, mostly Empire stuff right now. I've had Woodlands was my first army. Then it was Undead. Then it was Empire. Then it was Dwarves. Then it was back to Empire. Then it was back to Woodlands, and then it back to Dwarves, and then Skaven, and now I'm back to Empire. Oof. So why Empire? Why Empire? Puffy shirts, man. Gotta love it. What is your preferred city-state or province? Middenheim, that white and blue. And uh, just just reading the uh, Thor Chaos book with uh, like all of that stuff in the White Dwarf and uh, the book itself, just uh, watching those bearded men on the walls in the white and blue outfits. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's a cool region. Yeah, grim dark and uh, yeah, just dark. Why no none? None. <laughs> just paint. Just spray it black. Paint some faces. Get everyone a gun. Too easy, man. <laughs> Too easy. Cavalry trained for everyone. That's yeah. also almost how they did the Middenheim army. They sprayed it blue and <laughs> the faces. Yeah. yeah, I've got a few white patches online, but it's pretty close to just being blue. Got to keep it easy. Yeah, none is also cool. Forget yeah. about it. None and Tamarcan. Yeah. Wiesenland and uh, Null are uh, the two secondary city-states that I might do. Yeah, I, if I if, if I get if a it's hold, in your mind, if it's in your mind, it's gonna happen. If I get a hold of my my cousin, I remember he had a Citadel journal or whatever it was called with the little short stories and stuff that had the siege of old world geography. Is not my strongest. Uh, I think it's Hertzig. I can't remember, but it's a beastman siege of uh, the capital of Wiesenland. And that shit just gave me such a raging. Uh, the the electric count put the the families of his archers just right behind them on the battlefield, so they wouldn't run away. Just you stick your arrows in the ground, so you can't take them with you if you run away. You hold the line, yeah. Classic Wilson so Yeah, so that grim. was that was grim shit, and I just love that. So maybe a, a siege themed Wissenland force one day. Who knows? Is this on the area that's right next to Middenheim? No, area? it's uh, like... Yeah, I it's think Nolan is a part of Wiesland. Yeah, I think Nolan is a part of Wiesland that's like... It's a it's a city-state of it of its own, but it should be a part of Wiesland. I can't remember. Do you remember in like 6th edition? I only know it because it was in the Warhammer Count book, but they had like this huge diorama with the siege of some big imperial city where Vlad von Karstein was defeated and killed. Hmm. It was at Warhammer World. It's like a huge diorama. In, in what book did you say? Yes, it's yes, yes. That, like the big one. Yeah, I've got it here. It's, uh, yeah, Games Day 99, 22 feet long and 10 feet wide, 2,000 zombies, and the vampire Antoine von Karstein. Yeah, it's Stuttgart. Yeah, but so, there's some lovely yellow and red dudes. So that's basically one of those. Uh, Generated von Karstein's that's just yeah. pops up in uh, Run, genera- mm-hmm. random name generator plus von Karstein equals one angry vampire. Yeah, because yeah. I remember reading like the first end times Nagash 
when I was still like cautiously optimistic about this end time thing. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, it was like every battle was like, now for the order of battle, for the electric count, we have this historical character, we have this badass guy, we have this badass hunter, and for the vampires, we have Vlad von Karstein and 18 random vampires. <laughs> 18 and, like, random von Karstein. Yeah, it was also like, yes, the despised cousin, Jonas von Karstein. <laughs> oh no, Jonas got killed. Oh no, not that guy. And then it's like, well, obviously Vlad meant it this way because he didn't trust him. And now he, they had like cousins just coming out of the wazoo. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that family tree must be insane. Well, not all of them are vampires either. They're still living humans. Ooh. Yeah, it's in like the 6th as well as the 8th edition that they don't give the blood kiss or whatever they call it. They don't embrace anyone because having a useful human is a lot more valuable to them than having another vampire because they've got yeah. a nigh- they've got a crypt full of vampires, but a decent human who can be out negotiating with the empire, doing practical stuff, eating food and not being an asshat is really rare. Yeah, just being able to stay in the sun is like, ooh, that's impressive. Yeah. I'll keep you as you are. <laughs> and all they want is like becoming vampires or becoming necromancers. And I just imagine Vlad trying to micromanage HR, <laughs> like, no, no, you can't embrace Gillian from accounting. She can't do accounting if she's unfucking dead. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we have true blood on our hands. And we're back for the main segment for this episode, in which the delightful Jens Treff is going to talk about all things Empire, why he shows them why they're the best, and why the Vampire Counts really deserve to live there more than anyone else. Come on! <laughs> all right, I've got three, three things for you. I've got great cannons, i got great mustaches, and I get great puffy shirts. Mm. That's the three things that makes Empire the best fucking army. Those are all three great things. Yeah. Fair enough. Sure is. Then, they then are. this uh, topic is settled and we can move on. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I've got to say, I was wrong before about uh, the siege thing that I talked about in the previous segment. Uh, it was in Hawkland that uh, there was a, a siege. So it was the Electric and Hawkland right. that did that stuff. Just so no one is going to email us and say, mm, actually, you were wrong about stuff that you read 15 years ago <laughs> and didn't remember correctly. <laughs> How dare them, you? I want someone to write us and say, actually, the puffy <laughs> mustaches and the puffy shirts of which you speak is mostly a Middelheim occurrence influenced by the barbaric German states. <laughs> yes. well, I actually got the uh, uniforms and heraldry of the empire in my hand right now, and I can say that on every page, every city state, and every, every place I look, there's puffy shirts. So don't come and tell me that. I want to say that I fucking love like, all the fantasy books when Empire's in it. And they're with other like humans, other Bretonians or kids or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, these people are so unfashionable. Why are they <laughs> yeah. walking around with puffy shirts? No shoes and a puffy fucking shirt. That's uh, that's classy." <laughs> I remember reading one of the old Warhammer fantasy books, and I thought it was a parody because, at I, I'm not kidding here, one of the Empire POV characters literally curled his mustache while thinking. <laughs> And he did it like every fucking sentence. It was like he curled his waxed mustache. And at the end, it was like, obviously, his squire was dead. Thusly, he would be denied his usual mustache wax. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to be a, a mustache waxer. A, a mustache wax producer in the Empire must be like a high-paying job. Well, it they is in Hipster Stockholm as well. In Hipster yeah. Stockholm, it is. I less, think... less puffy shirts and less like great swords. But otherwise, pretty much the same. 
when I looked I through think, this I think, book, uh, in the Empire, it's actually just uh, like a mandated peasant job, so you're bonded serf having to make it. <laughs> well, actually, looking through this uh, heraldry and uh, uniforms book, everyone looks like if you just put like a suit on them, they'll be a, a Stockholm hipster. <laughs> just weird mustaches and beards all around. Snorky faces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sure, I own the local brewery. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually read the other day that, it, I, I don't know, but a couple of people living next to Tantelund had gotten chickens. And for me, having lived in the countryside during the summers, it's as mind-boggling stupid because apparently a fox had gotten in. And they were super, <laughs> no, they were super angry because they hadn't put up chicken wire around the coops and they didn't even have like a roof on the chicken coop. <laughs> And they're uh, like, oh no, the fox ate all our fucking chickens. And I'm like, wait, yeah, we, what we used Yeah, but we used to own chickens. You know how long time it takes for a fox to eat even one? What the hell went on there? Like, did it go away? Where but, were you? Yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, Jens, when you started with Empire, like, was it a limited list? Uh yeah, I've start I got the uh, starter set for what was it fifth edition or sixth edition? With uh, the Orcs and the Empire guys. Uh, oh, I can't remember great. what it's starter box. The 6th edition. 6th edition, yeah. 6th edition starter box. I got that and split it with my cousin. So he got the Orcs and I got my, uh, my puffy shirt man. And not really a, a limited list. There's lots of choices. Uh, like there's how many? Three Lord choices, four hero choices, lots and lots of core units. But everything is basically your regular... Weapon skill 3, toughness 3, dude, with maybe light armor if you're lucky, and maybe you get a shield if you pay extra for it. So, you get lots of basic humans. That's, that's what you get. And you can get some cannons and stuff, but nothing really in the 6th edition book. Nothing strange and weird that you get like in the 8th edition codex instead. Well, you mean like tanks and... Uh, yeah, the steam tanks not in here. The steam tank was released in uh, White Dwarf and later the General's Compendium for 6th edition. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you got the Hellblaster in here, that's about the weirdest thing. But you had the Mortar, right? Yeah, Mortar, Great Cannon, and Hellblaster. It's a very versatile army, though, compared to a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, you can do, you can do an all-mounted army. I mean, uh, the Knights are core units if you don't upgrade them to Inner Circle. Yeah. Uh, but but they only had heavy armor in 6th edition, right? Yeah. No, they have full plate. Sorry, full right. plate armor. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have like heavy knights that can rival fucking Bretonian knights, and then you have light cav with double pistols. Yeah. Lots of infantry, lots of artillery, mages. They had everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a very versatile army. You can do a, a balanced force with a bit of everything, or you can do an all mounted force. You can do like big blocks of infantry. You can do shooty army. You can do a close combat army. Anything you fucking want. Uh, and that's like tying into the historical sources because, I mean, Chris and Jens, feel free to correct me, but the main like reference material they used to spin the Empire out of that, like the 1630s different independent duchies during the 30-year war, isn't it? Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds about right. I'm not a history expert, but... Holy Roman Empire. Yeah, that's the feel I get for this yeah. with the, uh, the great swords and all that. Yeah, and also like... There's that's the way, way you fought during that era. You had big blocks of infantry going up to one another, like throwing themselves into one another and fighting. And actually, the Swedish king, 
the king of the north, Gustav Andre Adolf, was a bit of a revolutionary because uh, the way he fought, he had mobile artillery. But like you had artillery, big blocks of units, and you went up and you fought until one side broke and ran away. And you usually yeah. had mercenaries, which the empire yeah. had a lot of. Well, you mainly had mercenaries. The standing yeah. armies were quite yeah. smaller than you paid for city-state armies, basically, to join, you, join up. Yeah, and then you had people like Alexander von Tilly, who fought for, like, every, everyone <laughs> and until he died. And the Swedish king basically paid his army by with French coin, so... Yeah, and, like, the Pistoliers... Yeah, and the Pistoliers are a great example of that. Sorry if I take over, Jens, because... Oh, no, no, go ahead. That's the way you fought. You fought with a caravole. You went up, you fired your guns, then you made, like, a big U-turn and went back to your side and reloaded. And then at it again. Uh, but if you look at the uh, like eighth edition uh, army book, you get some more weird stuff. You get the the witch hunters. You get uh, let's see, what more do we have? We have the uh, demigriff knights, the war altars. You got the outriders with the repeater handguns. Those were actually in the in the old old army book, but they make a reappearance here. You get the hellstorm battery, uh, steam tanks. Celestial Hurricanums, Luminarchs, whatever they're called, stuff like that. So a bit more high fantasy, a bit more steampunk, but all in all, it's still basically you get your big box of infantry. You have to paint like 50 state troops for every unit to make them do anything. But it's all fun because they've got puffy shirts. Not as puffy as before. <laughs> bit smoother. Back in the days. Yeah, yeah. In my, in my time, it was puffier. Uh, the the newer kits are actually not puffy enough to my liking. I was, yeah. the stuff that I bought recently. I had the guy I bought them from had sculpted puffy sleeves on the on the spearman. So <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer the older ones as well, like the six edition Empire. Even if they're like more monopost. Yeah, you can do some fun things with them. They're, uh, yeah, I like them, and they have fucking shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no fucking bare feet uh, yeah. running around. And Not if that. we are talking like rank and file large block of infantry, they shouldn't be that individual anyway. So it fits no. when they're a bit more monopost. Yeah, having to rank up the uh, the halberdiers. Uh, I've got like 50 halberdiers before in my, in my old army. That was a fucking nightmare. If they'd been monopost, like the old, old guys just standing with their halberds straight up, Easy peasy. I can rank those guys up all day. I, I do. I do fucking love the uh, the newer great swordsmen. I love. Those oh yeah, guys. yeah, that kid's great. But the old ones, damn, I love. I love those too. Yeah, but they're fucking metal. It's gonna be pain in the balls. And the new ones look really good. So I. I uh, metal is uh, the best material. Plastic is uh, is a bit too new for me. <laughs> yeah, I do have a lot of metal miniatures as well. But yeah, they are a pain sometimes. There's something hefty. There's some credence to the metal models. Like when you're moving around, you're painting them, you're placing them. It feels like you've done something solid. Yeah, we played a, a Mordheim game yesterday, and this guy had his orcs and he had some squigs. And I thought, oh, those squigs look exactly like my old metal squigs. So I'm gonna assume that they're metal, and I pick it up, and it's fucking plastic. <laughs> I've never been. You know, when you pick up a, a milk carton and it's empty yeah. and you think it's full. <laughs> That was the feeling I got from that squeak. It was so weird. So, so weird. I, I really like like uh, individual metal models, but fucking try moving a 20 block of slayers up a hill. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when those guys fall over, they're just like, oh, that feeling you get when you see them just scrape against each other. Yeah, and the sound. Yeah, yeah, that's a heart-wrenching sound. <laughs> but I've got to ask, Jens, what kind of like army do you play for the Empire? Is it like large blocks of infantry, or is it knightly orders? Is it badass priests, magic? What, the, what... the army that I'm going to play now, that I'm working on, I've built up a rough list, and it's going to be a little bit of everything, because I want to try and paint as much varied stuff as possible so that I don't get bored. So I'm going to get some, like two blocks of regular state troops, some handgunners, a big block of Tutorian guards, because you got to have big bearded men with two-handed hammers, uh, a few knights, some pistoliers, a cannon or two, Nothing too fancy. Just a, just a bit of everything. So the Tudijin Guard, are they, were they in the book or were they in the Storm of uh, Chaos book? They're not in the book. They're in the Storm of Chaos book. But you can just as well use the regular greatsword rules. They're basically exactly the same as a greatsword, except they strike at initiative with string 5 instead of... Ooh. Yeah, they string 4 base and have basically halberds. Uh, the two-handed hammers count as halberds. Or you can do them as great swords, and they just have two-handed hammers, and they strike last with the same strength. So, I like that because the Tujin Guard are like in history; they're a famed regiment, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they're the, the great swords of Middenheim because Middenheim doesn't have fucking swords like hammers and axes, just like <laughs> just like dwarfs, like Ulrich wanted. Yeah, I'm sensing a theme that if you have a beard, you like hammers and axes, <laughs> and everyone else just swords and spears. So, like, I, I'm going to show my ignorance straight up here. What HQ units do you prefer? Because to me, I just very basically know you can have, like, the warrior priest, you can have the mage from any mage school, you know. So yeah. I'd be glad to come back to that. Or you can have, like, a knightly grand master, right? Yeah. Uh, if we edition book, we can check the, uh, let's see, for the hero units. Oh, we can take the lord unit first. You can have an electro count. He's basically a glorified captain. Uh, I wouldn't put too much faith in him. He's good if you want to have someone with high leadership to hold the line, but he's not a, a fighty character. He's got his three attacks and he's got weapons skill five, but if he goes toe-to-toe with another lord, he's gonna, he's gonna just taste the dirt. Uh, unless you put him on a griffin, of course, but then it becomes ridiculously expensive. I want to see him fight a vampire. Yeah, he can try. He will lose. Unless he's got a fancy magic item called the Van Horstman Speculum, which mirrors <laughs> my weapon skill. And let's see, what is it? Strength, toughness, and initiative. Swap that with your enemy. Strength, toughness, initiative, and attack. Roshaggy. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's some good stuff. Then you got the Templar Grandmaster, which is your knightly lord. Twice as expensive as the Electric Count, but he's got weapon skill six, he's got four attacks, he's got initiative six, he's got a lance. Full plate, shield, barded warhorse, everything that. Just, you don't have to tool him up as much. Uh, and he's your fighty character. But he can just about only go with uh, the knights. And they don't really need that much help with the punch. Or you can take a wizard lord, level 3 wizard, and from any school you want. Shadows, death, light, whatever you want. But that will come to the basic ones, right? Yeah, the basic ones can't have high magic or stuff like that. Yeah, no, they don't have their own lore. Nope, just, uh, just uh, the basic ones you can choose. Yeah. It's versatile, but simple. 
And that's, yeah. that's how uh, the elves thought them to use magic as well, because a yeah. human can't hold all of them. You can have one of these, not all of them. But and I think that's, Yeah, that's pretty... Oh, sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, you burn up if you try to use all of them. Several yeah. schools at once, you have to compartmentalize yourself if you're just a weak human. Unless you're bumped up like elves. Yeah. Gold man. And I mean, that's kind of representative for the Empire, right? And this is not trying to like slag off on unions, but they can do everything, but not as specifiedly good as yeah. any other race. They're, yeah, they're, you're pretty basic at everything, but you can do it pretty well. Yeah. Until you get the Griffin Knights. Exactly. Uh, then we go to the heroes. You got some more stuff. You got the captain, which is basically the same stats and then as an electric count, except you got two wounds instead of three and leadership eight instead of nine. But if you want like a cheap fighty character to get some punch to your units, you can add a captain hero there. But the gold stuff is the, the warrior priest. Uh, it's a bit expensive, but he can cost some cool bounce spells. And he gives the unit he joins hatred, which is pretty handy. So put that guy on a horse with your knights, and you don't have to miss with all your attacks on the charge, which happens way too often. Or you can I put it with the great swords uh, and have them punch uh, above their weight as well. Is it cool yeah. guy? I remember him for, like that character from uh, like the intro of the uh, Mark of Chaos. Oh yeah, yeah. Such that game fucking rad. Yeah, such a good cinematic. Yeah. Character. Then you got the the master engineer. If you want your cannons to be better, but who needs that? I'm pretty good at guessing cannon ranges anywhere. Uh, so and roll misfires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first roll of the dice is always a misfire. That's uh, tradition. But it's pretty cheap. You can put him in, like, if you're gonna have a cannon, a mortar, and a you might as well sploosh for a monster engineer as well. Put in somewhere in the middle of those to help them out a bit. Yeah, he can be used as an extra crewman as well, can't he? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. He, if you get a hellbuster, he can uh, he can be pretty handy. But cannon and mortar, ah, get, get another mortar, get another cannon instead. It's only if you really want that long rifle. Yeah. yeah. I actually remember that guy because when I stopped playing Sith 6 at 7th game round, my friend tried to pitch me back in. And apparently the Master Engineer could be allowed to take pigeon bombs. Oh, yeah. Edition. Yeah, mechanical horses and pigeon bombs. That was the shit. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, a cool shit. That mechanical horse is a really good model. Yeah, I need five of those for business purposes. Reasons. Yeah. Inner night, inner circle nights. Yeah, mechanical horse knights. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, they've got a base. Purposes. Yeah, they've got a battle wizard, just your regular fucking wizard level one who can be upgraded level two and have a horse and some magic items. But you can, the, they're not fighty characters. They're uh, more there to buff your units. They can't take on enemy units on their own unless you tool them up with like the most expensive magical weapons. And even then, they're not that good. So just to just to buff your units, just to make them a little bit better, stay in combat longer so you can flank them with your knights, stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that. Like the combat mages, even if you had like a fire mage, you were best suited to like hang around elite infantry and like stack the odds in your favor. Yeah, but speaking of stacking the odds in your favor, the most special thing about 
the Empire Army book is the detachment rule. So for That's every people. unit you have, like core unit, you can have a half a half as big unit as a detachment to that like mother unit. So if you have 20 guys, you can have one detachment of 10 other guys and then one detachment of 10 other guys. So let's say I take, what, 20 halberdiers? That's pretty normal. Uh, 20 halberdiers, then I take 10 handgunners and 10 swordsmen at my detachment. Let's say Nicholas charges me with his Kislevites because we had a falling out or something. Then my handgunners can stand and shoot if you uh, charge my halberdiers without penalty because they've been trained that way. And then as you have moved your guys into contact with mine during the charge, my swordsman can counter charge you in the flank to negate, uh, to negate your rank bonuses and just get me some sweet plus one on the combat resolution for being in your flank. So if you, can pull, great. Yeah, if you can pull that off, you can really do some heavy lifting. It doesn't matter if you take some casualties because you're going to take a few casualties since you're only top is three. But that's just another way of stacking the odds in your favor, shooting right. a few down on the way in, then flanking them, and just uh, negating rank bonuses. Yeah, it's really cool, and it shows like how uh, like the Empire Army is different from, say, the Bretonian Army's men at arms. Yeah, yeah, they got their own. Yeah, they're they're just simple humans, uh, but they're very versatile, and they've been trained to work together, and that's how they defeat their enemies. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, interestingly enough, it ties into the steampunk aesthetic of the army because they're greater than the sum of their parts. Because yeah, as, parts as long as everything all. works, yeah, as long as everything works together, it's a great army. But you have to use the characters to buff the units, use the attachments to stack combats in your favor, flank stuff with your knights, and take out monsters with your cannons, and you're all set. You win every game, just like I did back in the day. Yeah. And that's why I'm kind of hesitant when people say that Empire is a good starting army because it makes it sound like it's easy to start with and like then you're done. But I, yes, it is easy to start with, but there's a lot of depth you can get out of it. Like oh yeah, 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 you, you can go so like, far. Get a box and paint up some some units and just use them as they are. That's pretty easy, but you're not going to win that many games just yeah, using the the stuff straight out of the box. I think what people mean when it's like a easy beginner army is that you can pretty much buy any kit and it'll work for it. You don't have to yeah. think of army composition as much. Cause... And not as many special rules to remember with the units. You get stubborn on your greatswords. That's about it. Otherwise, you get your weapons good 3, strength 3, toughness 3, 1 attack, leadership 7. Everything is pretty basic, so you don't have to learn as much. No, I agree. But also, like, if you look at 8th edition... Eh. This is just me, and I always love the magic portion of any given game, like psychic powers, magic, call whatever you want. And I think it's so cool they can have one mage or several mages for any different indications. It, yeah. It ties into the Tolkien aesthetic because some of the old sculpts really very clearly are supposed to be either Saruman or Gandalf or Radatop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, the Grey Wizard, the old one. That's yeah. pretty, pretty, much, uh, pretty much Gandalf. We're not saying it's Gandalf, but it's Gandalf. <laughs> but, but it's Gandalf. And yeah, that's the, the fun thing. The you Jade can... Wizard is uh, Radagast, basically. Yeah, but that's a good thing. You can theme your army pretty much how you want. I'm going to do a, a Mittenheim army, so I'm going to focus a lot of, on close combat, not as much shooting and 
not that many cannons or other technological stuff. It's pretty backwards place, Middenheim. We got your traditionalist axes and crossbows, stuff like that. But you can do a, a non-army and just have like on a, an artillery train and just take handgunners as troops. You can do a knightly orders army and just take a knight character, some captains and horses, and just knights if you want to. You can take a, a life wizard and do like a, a hippie army, just trying to bring life to life and happiness to the world. And I mean, like, if you ever get tired of painting your colors or judgment, you can have like hunters or marksmen, or my favorite, the free company militia. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do some stuff with that. Uh, I've got 15 now. I'm getting some more that I've scored for cheap. So I'm gonna convert them into like a halberdier regiment. That's a bit ragtag. And what and, are the free company militia? Tell oh, us. Oh, the free company militia are like your basic dudes who are like the dispossessed, the angry, the out of work guys just running around in the streets being picked up by the army and yeah. just you you guys are going to be militia now and just fight for us so yeah, like they, during a siege and stuff those big people like yeah also like, these if, guys have had their homes burned down here you have a club now go fight for us in in a unit yeah in, or it can be like mercenaries as well yeah you, given that most of the empire is small communities surrounded by large swathes of forest you could just easily make them be like the local few farmers fighting. Yeah, for local their farmers home. or the local police or whatever. You get a lot of freedom with this unit, and it's really cool. Yeah. It's just like rabble. Yeah, they say the weapons are armored part. Free company fighters are armed with the haphazard collection of weapons, including swords, daggers, halberds, uh, halberds, bludgeons, pistols, whatever. For all game pur purposes, all molds in the free company unit count as being armed with two hand weapons, regardless of what they are actually wielding so yeah, awesome. yeah i'm not going to use mine as fighters i'm going to use mine as halberdiers and convert them uh, a wee bit but it's great for having just like a, a throwaway unit you can take a detachment of just five free company fighters use your mordheim miniatures use your whatever miniatures doesn't matter what they're armed with it counts as two hand weapons anyway great for getting to paint uh, something different and if you want to paint something really different Let's say I paint uh, my units as Minheim. I get tired of painting white and blue. Oh, well, uh, there's a regiment from Altdorf on loan to this army, so I'm going to paint some red and blue instead, or green and blue, or whatever the fuck it is. Just paint something different. It's just basic humans anyway. Have a regiment from Noln, have a regiment from Wieseland, anywhere. It's all good. They work together. Yeah, or, I mean... you can do a whole, yeah, or you can do a whole army with every unit is from a different city-state, and this is like the Grand Empire Army with a bit of everything in it. Yeah, the Grand Unified Empire Army, which is a great thing. I don't know if there's Storm of Chaos or not. I think one of the things I really got hung up on is the fact that it says, I think it's 6th edition one, where Gnark sent us a... No, yeah, it's intro to 6th edition book for Empire, where like one of the Lordlings is being trained by his Master of Arms, and they go through what everything is, and they describe the free company militia as like dispossessed adventures going from town to town, just like making some money for drinks between adventures. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That is pretty cool. I just imagine like these super cocky adventures. Yeah. Cleaned out some gnoblers from a den last week. I guess I'm signing up for local lord fighting army. And they're like, now fight these skeletons. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. I've all got weapons in three, mate. Ah. 
I'm only giving five silvers for this. Of course, I have leadership six. Ah, uh, leadership seven actually. So still Ooh. as brave as a regular state troop guy, <laughs> and just as brave as a ghoul. Yeah, that's pretty brave. <laughs> Good enough for me. So, like, do you have? I was sort of ragging on before. Do you have anything from a edition that you're like, yes? I really like this sculpt. It's a bit ridiculous, but I really like it. Uh, I do like the the war wagon, uh, the war altar of Sigmar. That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm gonna go through the book now and see uh, all the nice stuff. Uh, new Griffin, don't like that. Uh, new captains, don't like that. Uh, Celestial Hurricaneum is pretty cool. Lots of useful bits if you're gonna do some wartime stuff. And uh, let's see. Demogriff Knights, pretty cool. Yeah, page like 47 it. is the War Altar of Sigmar. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's... I would say that the Emperor got a lot of nice stuff in 7th edition when they made like the Steam Tank plastic. Uh, yeah, I'm getting one of those. Just, uh, just that's one of the great swords came as well. Yeah, I'm a bit uh, sad that they didn't get a new knight kit because the plastic knights are pretty, pretty fucking old. old. Yeah, they, they work alright, but would have been nice. Would have been nice, but we can't have everything. And new Pistolier kit as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, love those guys. Yeah, the Knights. <laughs> no guns. Uh, the War Altar is like by far the coolest thing. I'm thinking about getting it just to get to use Volkmar and have those horses uh, like as steeds for my general or something because they are much cooler than the regular. Plastic Knight horses. Fab. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is not going to be cheap, this army, but, uh, well, money isn't everything. And just imagine that honor is forever, and being buried with your plastic models is obviously the way to go. Yeah, just look at the old Chinese emperors with the terracotta army. That guy, that guy knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, Chris, Je Je Chris, <laughs> Nicholas, did you guys ever face the Empire? Because I've got some harrowing tales of suffering, but before I start griping, anyone else would chime in about the Empire? They I don't usually, think I've ever played against them, actually. They usually died quite quickly when I faced them. <laughs> what did you play, High Elves? High Elves, Dark Elves, or Dwarves. But that might also be down to, well... Lack of practice of my opponent, more than anything else. Yeah, it's not an easy army to use, just for anyone. But Crawl, you Crawl, you had some uh, some uh, harrowing tales about getting beat up by Empire. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I have so many. Basically, when I started playing Warhammer Fancy, I played against my friend who was along with my other friend. I'm gonna call him F and R here just to keep them apart. They played 40k and fantasy around since, I guess, fourth grade. So when I got into it, I, I was like getting a middling fantasy undead army, and they already had huge armies set up. And one of them had an empire army and a dwarf army. And was, he had perfect eye measure. So the first couple of games we had, I didn't really understand the detachment rule, which really screwed me over, over and over again. But I think one of the more harrowing tales I had was when I managed to charge like his core army of great swords with a warrior priest in them, 
and I charge him with skeletons. And okay, he's immune to fear. That's not great. And then my wolves charge him from the side, and I don't really get any flanking bonuses because he has detachments. And then my vampire tries to fight his priest, but uh-oh, the priest is really good at fighting the undead. So yeah. I, like, my 250-point vampire bit the dust from being struck in the head by a magic hammer. <laughs> And then he just shot other times. He'd like snipe my vampire with a cannonball. Yeah, that's a great thing. Like the turn one, shooting the vampire lord with a cannon. <laughs> yeah, in six times. I could even have like a two plus ward save, but the first time I failed it, I lost my save altogether. And he just shoot me with two cannonballs and I'm out. And that's yeah. my entire army. <laughs> but it's also fun to meet because it's not like he was a douche about it. He had a big blocks of infantry, and he marched up, and he'd face my skeletons. And usually, I'd try to raise as many skeletons as possible and charge him in the flanks. So we had a lot of epic battles. Like we'd build up a gate, and we'd fight before the gate. And if I won, I'd get extra points for the next game, uh, which I never did. But it was really nice about it. Uh, it's not as bad as when I faced a dwarf, because I think Chris, what is it like, eighty percent of the army's immune psychology? Yeah, it's not the the favorite. Vampire Count's opponent, right? No. No. <laughs> but I remember like the sheer diversity of an Empire Army. The ways you could go with it, the way you could publish. It's an Empire Army done correct is one of the best combined arms armies out there. Oh yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll fight anyone on that. That's uh I'll I'll second you on that. That's correct. And, I mean, along with Nicholas' Kislev armies, they are the one thing holding back the great unhemmed tide of chaos. Yeah. Those highest they and were. doing shit. They still are, damn it. No, they, they were. I am still <clears throat> stuck in Storm of Chaos, the original one. Yeah. Yeah, that's why no, we're it's... basically wiped out. They just passed stroke in that one. I, I remember... Yeah. <laughs> they, they sacked Erengrod and then they headed for uh, Middenheim straight away. They didn't even invade Kislev. Poor Erengrod just keeps getting sacked. Yeah. So Jens, I'm like listening to this podcast right now, and I want to get into Empire, and I want to start up an army. What direction would you say? What should I get? Because the army battalion boxes aren't out there anymore. Yeah, that's uh, that's the hard part. You can find some on eBay, some stuff like basic infantry, but get a few bo- blocks of basic infantry. Doesn't matter if they're spearmen, swordsmen, or halberdiers, they're all shit anyway. The thing that makes them great is having detachments. So just get like 20 dudes of something, give them two detachments of 10 guys each of something else, and that's a pretty good start. Get some of that, get a few knights if you can find them, source it on eBay, use third party sellers. I don't know who, who has this shit anymore. I'm guessing there's. I've seen some good stuff from uh, uh, Warlord Games have this uh, Pike and Shot game, which is basically the 1600s Germany, city states. You can uh, get a Swedish army. Yeah, get a Swedish army. Yeah, paint them yellow and blue. Put some uh, some, uh, regular Warhammer bits in there to make it look more fantasy. Put and some sabaton on your playlist. Yeah, and just go charge everything that's not a pure human. I've uh, checked while we've been talking now, just to see where you can still get the miniatures. And uh, Games Workshop still sells quite a few of them. Yeah, 
But that's the the new not puffy shirt guys. That's the wrong yeah, I was, guy. I was, I was thinking of if you want ease of access more. Yeah, yeah, they have. They usually like go out of stock uh, a few times every year, so I don't think they produce uh, a bunch of them anymore. But they're still out there on GW, the Swordsman, the Crossbowman, I think, uh, stuff like that. You can get and, uh, great swords, pistoliers, uh, outriders, handgunners, uh, the the multi box of swordsmen's spearmen, yeah. and yes. then the archer kit, basically the ranger kit, right? Yeah, and that's basically all you need. That archer kit is pretty great for just useful bits. There's a dead bird yeah. in it, and a wounded orc, so you got some good stuff. You can also buy the cannons, and I think you can buy the steam tank, and then there's Forge World. Yeah, you got the Manan's Blade and the Iron Sides, right? I don't think there are, yeah. those are available. Iron Sides, yeah, yeah Forge World. Yeah. So, maybe. I think what you can get from Forge World is uh, that special character, the yeah. Lord of Death Mage. On the dragon. Yeah, on the dragon. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. You can buy the iron sides, but only the upgrade kit. Ah, uh, yeah. You, right, yeah, it's only upgrade kit. Yeah. But those, both the Manan blade and the iron sides, aren't the, both of those upgrade kits for the regular plastic? Uh, Manan's blade are solid resin guys, I think. But you got the command squad, and you got the command set, and you got uh, Leetpol the black as well. Oh yeah, I need yeah, the, the balls. Yeah, yeah Leap of the Black and the Emperor Command Kit is really good value still. I mean, particularly yeah. Command Squad. Leap of the Black is a, is a pretty cool character on his Parted Wars. He'd make an act, a great general for... Uh, yeah, even if you don't use him as a special character from... The yeah, book. just a, just a regular fucking Electric Count or something like that. And it's a, good, it's a good way to theme your army again, around that particular city stage, which is Marienburg in this case. Yeah. It, it's a bit sad that uh, the land ship isn't available anymore. Yeah, that was a massive kit. And the the guy on the with the balls out is not available anymore either, sadly. I, I just read the, like, the description of the land ship in the Tamarcon book, and it's so fucking good. Because, I mean, when, when he released it, you were like, this is fucking ridiculous. Why did they build it? And then in this book, they're like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I built it anyway. Yeah, because we're fucking rich! <laughs> yeah, so if you want like, to just say the story quickly it's like Marienburg wanted uh, steam tanks because they're no longer part of the empire uh, but you can't sell the steam tank for an empire because it's under penalty of death to share your secrets so no one promised to build on steam tanks but he couldn't get an engine small enough to propel a tank so like after several like years of trying to build it and I was like fuck Marienburg like just pumped more money into it. They're like, well, Marienburgers like boats, right? So you put a big engine inside a boat and put a cannon on it. And so like the guy when he was presenting it could barely hold himself from laughter. Like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this thing and it looks amazing. I mean, I love it. It's just so over the top. Yeah, who wouldn't want that? Yeah, and I mean, okay, we're laughing at it right now. <laughs> It's not without some historical precedence. If you look at like the tank development during the Second World War, during the First World War, particularly in the post-war days, that's what they did. They just did bigger tanks 
They yeah. can't have super better cannons. I mean, armor can only go so thick. You don't have the best engines, so you make bigger tanks. Historically, it's what people have done. Bigger swords, more powerful penetration of like a catapult or trebuchet. You build bigger. So, I mean, yes, we laugh at it now, but historically speaking, there is some vague precedent for this. If you don't believe me, check out Zeppelins. <laughs> Zeppelins are yeah. awesome. I really like those Zeppelins where they all of a sudden decided we should put aircraft inside them and use them as uh, flight, flight bases. Yeah, and I mean, okay, for weird stuff out there, there was actually, during the Second World War, they made a battleship in England out of solid ice. That's yeah. a real thing. And we laugh well, at that. Not, not, not only ice, it was pyrecrete. Yeah. That too. And I mean, come on. Come on, history. Be weirder, be weirder than Warhammer, please. Well, we could also go back in-universe for the Empire. There were several different versions of the steam tank. Oh, yeah. One of like, which was uh, the fighting platform with engineers on top of it. Yeah, that was great stuff. You got that. You got the one with the Hellblaster in it. You got one that's just like a mortar carrier. Pretty cool stuff. So could you like customize your own steam tank? Like yeah, do you have white dwarf rolls? There are yes. rules for that in uh, the General's Compendium. <gasps> both of them. Oh, well, General's so Compendium that's... and the Citadel Annual. So, so it's like Warhammer 40k 4th edition build your own vehicle? Oh yeah. You can like, cool. choose to add cannons and uh, fighting platforms and you just... Mortars. Yeah. A Hellblaster volley gun in the front. So you got, you can do pretty much whatever you want and and there is some nasty builds you can do because you lose steam points and like wounds from the model uh, for certain upgrades you take, but you can just take it with the cannon and no standard upgrades. And then you can just, if you charge someone on maximum distance, I think you do like 6d3 strength, 6 armor piercing impact hit on strength. Yeah, a lot. And yeah, that's just. You can do some nasty stuff with that if you're into that. <laughs> and I mean, is there a better way to pitch the empire? If you want to do a historical army, like I'm just going to pull it out there, the Carolinians, you can do it. Yeah. If you want to do like a badass mercenary army, you can do it. You want dispossessed militia, you can do it. Religious fanatics. If you want you fucking can... steam tanks, you can do it. Yes. If you want to go the full steampunk route, you can do it. Whatever you want, as long as it's humans wielding pikes, you done got it, son. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to Morton before and he had a good point about the, the Empire set. It's just something good that it's just like basic guys just like you and me tending to our crops or whatever. And then there's like, oh yeah, there are like mutated uh, goat men trying to kill <laughs> Here's a fucking pick. Now go fight them. It's like Yeah, maybe shoes if you're if you're uh, if you're nice. Yeah, like the total underdog against like the worst horrors of the fantasy universe. Spanish yeah, universe is fucking full of horrible things. Yeah. And th these guys have to fight them. Yeah, and I mean, historically speaking, that's how it worked. You very rarely had big standing armies. It's like, okay, we're getting invaded by neighboring country number eight. Yeah, but yeah. neighboring country number eight trolls or giants. Just <laughs> yeah. regular dudes, just like you. Oh, can oh. we trust neighboring country number seven? No, there are enemies too now. Here's your pitchfork. No, give me the yeah. pitchfork. Here's your friend's dead axe. Go get it. And then all of a sudden rats emerged from the sewers and ate the city. That's ridiculous. Rats are a legend. <laughs> no, it's a massive thing. Games are a legend. No yeah. such thing. 
we need to get a guest that plays Skaven because there's so much riff, rich mythology. I want Jens to just ignore everything he says. And then we have Clan Ashen. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Never heard of them. Never seen them. But to be fair, you could do that on almost everything because everything is banned to talk about in the Empire. <laughs> yeah, unless it's basic humans, I ain't listening. <laughs> so, should we do a little quick yeah. sum- summary of why you yeah. should play, play the Empire from an Empire player? Yeah, okay. Short summary. You got the cool puffy shirts, or not. If you don't want them, you can use the newer models. Not as puffy. But basically, it's basic humans using tactics and discipline to kill fucking trolls and giants and all kinds of scary shit. You got cannons, you got steampunk, you got knights, you got anything you want, basically, in one army. Versatility and puffy shirts. That's a good claim. And, like, I mean, the story hook, it's so obvious Jens doesn't even have said. The story hook is, like, really great. You roll up your local elector count, you swear fealty to a greater county or then, then you roll up your guys. Like, yeah. what, what are your villages? What are your towns? What is your produce? What do you do? Just theme it around that. Yeah, that's all you need. All you need is love and a musket. Yeah, black powder stuff. Yes. So, all right. Well, that was the empire. Great. I'm gonna go to sleep now, guys. Life calls. Fair enough. I yeah. need to go as well, actually. So it'll be Chris and Chris. Good night to two of us, and see you in the outro. And welcome to the outro. In this outro, we have to cover the fact that there's actually something coming out next week, as of today, which is the beginning of July, that does affect Warhammer Fantasy and your ability to play it thereof. What are they releasing next week, Chris? Well, the Code Ballista for Storm costs. Oh, wait. Oh, how you tease me. <laughs> no, what they are releasing is the made-to-order Warhammer Fantasy character series, which is the basically... The champions the of yesteryear and fan-favorite models from the world at was. Yes. And, and I really hope they do more, more than just these six that we're going to yeah. talk about now. Because there's so many amazing casts out there, both for dwarves and vampires and the Empire, and definitely Chaos Dwarfs, poor Nicholas, and also Kislev, and the Goblins and Gnoblars, or whatever they're called, short well, guys. Almost every character model in the Warhammer world has merit. Yeah, and a lot of them are characterful, cool characters. Like, you, they convey a lot, I'm not going to say character, they convey a lot of their personality as for the sculpt itself. Yeah. So what are they releasing, Chris? Well, the first one... Well, set to imperishable. In, in his chariot, which is rare, because I haven't seen this chariot around a long time. I know that I have his uh, halberd, or you can call it, in a box next to me. You should, like, have that as a lottery prize whenever somebody wants to make a Thousand Sons army. He's on an elf that's was sitting on a dragon once. <laughs> but this model is really, really cool. It's uh, It's got all of it. It's got the, the bells, all bells of whistles, it's got four horses got a really nice chariot but a really angry mommy dude on the back that really tends to chase you to the end of the world if you try to steal from him yeah and he even has, he has the war banner he has the rosary in one hand which is probably called something really cool in Pesedjet and he has the weapons and the bladed chariot it's uh, it's so cool they even managed to somehow sculpt the wounds on his stomach to look ethereal and magical speaking of tomb kings the second cast is also some like unknown generic caster, right? Yeah, it was her sister, wasn't it? Her sister was quite famous, the vampire. 
Yeah. First of the Lamians. Yes, the best one. Yeah, they tried to convert this one. This is Queen Kalida, sister of yeah. Neferata. The Asp Queen, right? She's really yes. good with archers. If you want a Tomb King's army. If you want a Tomb King's army, I'd recommend getting this one regardless, because I can't see it costing a lot, like in dollars or kronor or, I don't know, bags of fish if you live in Denmark or oil in America. I don't know, whatever local currency is. It's late o'clock. So you should get it as a caster mage or whatever. She's yeah. carrying a really cool asp staff as well. Yeah, and she's got basically got asps living inside of her, and she's got poisoned attacks. So it's like there's an there's a venomous snake through her left arm, around her left arm, and she has scarabs coming around the Jingyan on a cloak. If you just cut around, like do a head swap or arm swap, you can get a really cool character for mage for Tomb Kings. Sculpt is brilliant. Half of her face is basically flesh and the other half is bone showing through as well. Yeah, so the head itself can be used to great effect. Because the head on and off itself could be used as either a porcelain mask with a crack through it that you could do for a chaos sorcerer or anything else. You just need to trim down the headdress a bit. So I would actually recommend getting it just for conversion purposes, if nothing else. She's a great character. And with a bit of conversion, you can use her as a standard. Yeah. Well, standard general instead of a special character if you don't want to use a special character because not everyone does. No. And if you're one of those guys or gals or unidentified person who came to this from Heresy and you want to do like a Spire Guard for the Thousand Sons, you could use this character as well. Squad Leader, Standard Bearer, anything else. Now, if you think I'm glossing this character over to jump to the next one, you are entirely correct. The next one is the one, the only. Grom the Punch. <laughs> no, it's Zachariah the Ever-Living uh, on this zombie dragon. And me and Chris spoke about this because this is the one character I remember being banned from the Games Workshop store in Stockholm. Yeah, and he's actually one of the few characters that never came back in any of the other Vampire King books. Because... Uh, you, I don't know how to explain it, but in 6th edition, he was a real... I'm sorry if you're younger, but he was a shit fucker. I mean, he's 1,045 points, but he had, he can scroll anything in either turn, and he can do any spell in a plus 2 to casting, which is super rare, and he's not super expensive. He's 1,045 points, but I've seen him decimate armies. It's just... It's ridiculous. And, I mean, okay, if we disregard rules... What do you think, Chris? Is it a cool model? Would you get it? It makes a great use of the standardized plastic wings that GW were using at the time. Because those are the same wings that are on the Black Dragon that Malekis was riding, and the Forest Dragon, and the <laughs> Hive Dragon. Yes, but on this one, we made the scales look like purple moss. Well, that's paint job. I would, this aside, it is a really characterful model that we said with all of these, because they're classic for a reason. And they're coming back for a reason. Yeah, I mean, just just look at the guy. He's a wizened monkey wizard. He's that got the really, scroll in one hand. That really looks like he's just annoyed at his neighbors and wants to show them what they did wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you're the kind of character who plays Warhammer Fantasy Eighth Edition and you want what's the what's the term, scroll jockey? then this is a great model. Use the dragon for something else. Use the rider for a scroll jockey because he's basically just waving around at his spell scroll. Look at my scroll and stick. <laughs> Look at all my scroll to mighty and despair. And he has a cool staff as well. If you need a mage for Vampire Count Army or I'm going to go on a limb here. I think just the rider could be used for Tomb King's Army, don't you? Probably with a different paint job and some changes to the runes perhaps on his collar. Maybe paint it to look a little more, more desiccated rather than 
like a vampire face. Yeah, I stand by that. I mean, the zombie dragon is a great throwback if you're nostalgic. If you're used to the more, how to put this kindly, detailed kits that Games Workshop put out post 2003, maybe you're not going to really love the zombie dragon. I do, but that's probably nostalgia. The rider, the rider is aces to me, but like the dragon, not so much. How about you, Chris? Want to give that one a new ounce look, or I've got oh, my I sherry rose. I've always liked this model. I, I can't really place it why, because it is a bit weird in the aesthetics. The rider looks a bit big for the dragon, but that's because I like really big dragons. But they got nice details. There's a belt holding in the guts of the dragon. Shit, I didn't even see that. It does. That's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I guess, reluctantly, we have to move on. The next one is maybe something for Jimmy. It is Grom the Paunch, which I guess is a goblin lord. You probably got this one way yeah, better than I did. And he's basically named because for the Paunch because he got the Paunch. But isn't that like a symbol of status among the goblins? Because you have to fight for every scrap of food, so actually becoming fat yeah, is... Probably. It shows his success and accomplishment. I wish Jimmy was here. He could tell us about like the psychology of the fat goblins. We'll ask him next time. But this one is really nice because it's got the old style green skin faces on them. It look more like gremlins. Yeah, this is like full on Gretchen face. And he has va- he has like wolf fur and he's got like a little gnoblar next to him throwing a javelin and the standard wolf sculpt. Would you get this one without nostalgia? No. <laughs> I wouldn't even get this one with nostalgia because <laughs> this well, I played dwarves. They hate this guy. And I, I I can appreciate this model for the classic that the classic it is. It is a good sculpt. It's got a really in well it, as we said, the old school look of the green skins before they changed them to be more pointy nosed. Eh. The handle a bit too big for me. I mean the face is a bit square. I, I wanna talk to Jimmy about like this the history of this guy, but to me it's a pass. However, the next one definitely isn't Grease's gold tooth. It's the richest ogre there is, the king of the ogres. Bejeweled scepter in one hand, giant, I was going to say turkey leg, but he's so big. That has to be like giant leg. I don't know what is he. What they call the rhinoxen that they ride? Yeah, has to be a rhinoxen. like that. He's riding. Yeah, he's riding a chest of gold, and there's just gold coins running around, and he has, like, what is that even, goblins carrying around? No, those are gnoblars, the smaller the ogres are befriended or enslaved. And all of them are just bedecked in royalty, wearing tremendously beautiful (laughs) jeweled necklaces. He has a little crown and cape with his big belly sticking out. I mean, just look at that guy. Even got golden rivets silk pants. This is so characterful. I love it. Maybe it's hypocritical of me to decry the goblin sculpt and celebrate this one, but I just love him. Everything from his ugly smile to like the neck bearding to the giant scepter. I'm thinking of getting one. It's a really cool one. And if nothing else, you can get those two gnoblers that are on the front. Just have a special character that handing out gold. And what's the is, is that a nobbler on the chest, like, fanning him? Yeah, I think it's like a large plume of some kind. Ah, it's it's amazing. So we're moving on to the last one, which is Gorbad Ironclaw. Yeah. 
I'm not great at the works, but is he historically important? Did he lead some great raid or decimate some amazing city? Or I can't place him right now. And this was he a footnote to one of your great dwarven heroes? Well, probably my own dwarven heroes, maybe not the sagas. This is a model that would be probably be really fun to paint. What do you think? I really like it. I mean, it looks a bit like he's holding a power fist to me, but from the mount, from the boar just leaping to him holding a claw. I like the sculpts. It's like you said before, it's the old version of the orcs when they're a bit square and had thinner bodies, but I think he looks regal. He's a warpass. Seven out of ten, I would let him ravage my provinces. I would resurrect him as a skeleton. I, I don't know if they produced that one still, but I would really rather have seen like Asali the slaughterer on his wyvern or something. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Apparently, this is the guy who killed Emperor Sigismund and removed the province of Soland from the map, which I didn't even know about. So he did a great job there, I want to say that. Well, I don't know Solan where Stolen land was. That's uh, where the moot is. Where the oh, really? Came. Cool. So and thanks to that, guys, there. we don't have any hobbits. Well, the halflings are still in the game. You can play them as uh, dogs of war. Yeah, I know. Like the There's the, the cooking cocks. guys, and then the there's the dude. The fighting cocks. Yeah, those are the guys who are led by basically Flashman in halfling shape, right? Yeah. Where he's just constantly trying to run away, and they think it's words of encouragement, because he runs the wrong way. And he tries to like tell them, I'm going to charge, <laughs> and then he actually does it, but he thinks he's running away. I love that dog war. And I really love the halfling hot pot where basically throwing soup at the enemy. No, we really need to have like a dog war episode in the future. Well, we're going to have quite a lot of episodes. We, have we are. Time. So, speaking of... When are these going up? Was it this next weekend? Mid-July, and they're going to be around for one to two weeks. Uh, just like if you didn't pick up Manhill's Man Flares, shame on you. You should buy these. I mean, yeah. they're goodness. You should, have bought those when they were, you should have bought those when they were properly released about 15 years ago. Yeah, but not all of us have mastered the art of like arcane summoning and opening a time portal in our parents' attics. I really wish I knew. Or just buying them, putting them in a braid, and then forgetting about them until... like. <laughs> What was it when I found mine like six weeks ago? Yeah, that's just, you guys are amazing. I sold all of my old stuff or my parents did for me. That's what they said. They just threw it away. <laughs> that's what they said. But actually my parents are like secretly playing Warhammer without me. They're like, that scrub doesn't even know the rules. He doesn't even know what a PSB is. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> They're just like vicious internet trolls. Bitch don't even know what sword and board means. Get out. This you can is gonna see make... that they have a, a secret Facebook accounts that you don't know of. Trash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking you on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, why do you guys keep sharing racist stuff? And they're like, oh, we don't know how internet works. And then when I leave, they're like, break out the real stuff. I think that's everything for this episode. Thanks for hanging around for a second episode. We have a lot of great episodes coming up as well. We've spoken about having... Uh, more time, dogs of war, army specials, whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, now that we have had a, a bit of an insight into 
the Empire as an army. There will probably be a follow-up episode on this one that's a bit more in detail and uh, we're, we're going to talk about the history and how the Empire is now. Give a bit more of a death. Definitely, having some follow-up. And that's something we're going to do consistently over all the armies. Where are they now? What are you progressing on? Where are the steps? Because we all know that when we start up an army and you progress a bit, sometimes you change your goals and you move on and you change the way you want to play it and what you're going to put into it. And when while we're doing this, we're also going to evolve our own uh, little hobby projects our small forces and talk about them and because this is as i think we mentioned in the first episode leading up to us having a bit of a tale of x amount of gamers because we're at least five of us so do we have any spoilers for next episodes or should we just leave it at that no actually in the next episode we've got a great episode uh what we're gonna do is what you find out when you listen to it we're gonna take nicholas and then force feed him idoneth deepkin oh shit like imagine if we do that Shit. <laughs> Can't find us. Time may have ended, and the realm of elves, dwarf, and man shattered. But in our hearts, the old world liveth.